Hey, happy Christmas, everyone. I'm kind of alone here today. Uh, it's Christmas, as you can tell. I'm not in my usual uniform. I am sort of off the cuff a little bit, uh, a little spontaneous. Uh, it's the middle of the day on Christmas, and I thought it'd be a great time for a Christmas devotional. Grace and peace to you all today. Just as a celebration of Christmas, um, I wanted to take something from the Advent material that had been provided to us by the U.S. Central Territory, and as usual, I kind of changed it up, um, made a few changes to suit our congregation, as it were. And if you're curious who our congregation is, that's you. That's anyone who happens to be uh, tuning in. Uh, today is Christmas Day, and Advent is over, because Christmas is the end of Advent. When Advent is waiting for Jesus, Christmas celebrates the fact that Jesus has come. And Advent is over, and we are entering into the 12 days that we devote to celebrating the gift that is Jesus. Now, here in America, we're not really good at celebrating the 12 days of Christmas. Um, that's because most of us here only celebrate material Christmas. Um, so once we've opened the gifts... We quickly turn to taking down the tree and then moving on to New Year's. The idea of the Christmas season being something more than just an opportunity to get some loot and then get on to the next holiday rarely even occurs to us. The main holdover from this ancient celebration of the 12 days of Christmas is often the colored lights that many people leave up on their houses until Epiphany, which is the day after the 12th day. Now, that's probably more because taking Christmas lights down is a pain than it is because people are trying intentionally to celebrate 12 days of remembering Jesus' birth. But maybe this year, when you see those lights, you'll think about Jesus. Now, something else that I've noticed happening more often during the 12 days are Christmas letters. I mean, not the kind that we send to Santa, but the ones that we share to tell each other, you know, how we are doing and, and offer encouragement in the coming year, things like that. The, the, those family Christmas letters, you know, Billy graduated and Janie went to her first prom and my wife and I wish we could go to the Bahamas, but we're all home with COVID, you know, that kind of letter. Like Christmas cards, these are the sort of things we do see all season long. But my friends who really put a lot of effort into writing this kind of letter, they... <laughs> and I just made a confession there. I don't really do this sort of thing myself. But um, I have, in the past, tried to put together Christmas letters. And I always felt like I was sort of saying the same thing. Uh, but a lot of friends that I have put... They put their heart and soul into these things. And what you get from them is, is like a one-page snapshot of their lives. And it, it's amazing... And the people who put that kind of effort into these things tend to mail their letters later in the season, meaning I see them come in the days after the 25th. It's probably not that they're targeting the 12 days of Christmas so much as it is that uh, they, they just took a little extra time with it. In the Bible, we don't have any Christmas letters, uh, at least not exactly. We do have a number of letters, though, one of which seems particularly appropriate to be read during this sacred season. It's the book of Titus. It's the, the Apostle Paul's epistle that seems closest to a Christmas letter, or at least this one little piece of it does. Uh, 
In this letter addressed to a brother in Christ, Paul offers words of encouragement and instructions and even admonition to early church leaders. So as a whole, it's a good letter. We're just going to look at a little piece, just a section from Titus chapter 2. As we read, think about what's being said and what it means in the context of Christmas and the Advent journey that we've taken to, to get here this year. Pay attention to how Paul speaks about the past Uh, how Jesus came in the past and what it means to us now. But he also speaks to this future return of the incarnate Christ. So you'll find this in in Titus chapter 2. We're going to start at, at verse 11. It says, God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation is available for everyone. We're being shown how to turn our backs on a godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. This new life is starting right now. And it's whetting our appetites for the glorious day when our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, appears. I love that. God's readiness to forgive is now public. I mean, that that began in the past on that first Christmas morning when Christ was born. Here we had God in human form bringing salvation to the world. And that's what this whole first sentence here is. It's the history of salvation. It's everything God has done before and including the birth of Jesus. The creation of the cosmos and the world. The covenants with Noah and Abraham and Moses and, and David and all those guys. And the way that God cared for the Israelites in the in the exile, and in in Babylon, and beyond. And when Jesus was born, this promise of God was fulfilled that our Redeemer had come. God's readiness to forgive, His, His unmerited, undeserved gift of salvation had been made public. Redemption was available to everyone. It's here. It's done. It doesn't need to be repeated. It doesn't need to be imitated. It doesn't need to be added to. It's here. It happened. It's like Paul's telling the church, here, this is a review of the past for your benefit. I'm going to just make sure you guys know all this that happened. Here's what God's been doing since the beginning of time. He didn't just wind us up and let us run. He's been busy at work. But then, even just in these few verses, do you see the change in focus towards the end of that passage I read? What's been done is just like whetting our appetites for something more, something greater, something bigger. The appearance of Christ. Let me read it in another translation. This is uh, verse 13. We look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. We look forward to that. And some of the Christmas letters we get from family or friends, they may contain a paragraph or a couple of sentences about things that they're looking forward to in the coming year. And Paul is doing exactly the same thing here. He's talked about the past, and now he's exulting in the future that he's looking forward to, the thing that he sees coming towards all of us. And he's barely able to contain his excitement about what he knows is going to happen. Jesus, showing up as a baby, was amazing. And it changed the world. So just wait until you see that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, is revealed to everyone. In these few verses, we've got the past and the future, both embodied in Jesus 
who has appeared and who will come again. We are awaiting the arrival of Jesus who's already here. I'm going to repeat that because your brain might have trouble processing this. We are awaiting the arrival of Jesus who is already here. How are we supposed to live in the now between the then and the soon-to-be that comes between the incarnation and the second coming? That's a good question. How are we going to live in the now? And Paul covered that. He covered that in this passage I read. It was in the middle, right between the celebration of what was and the celebration of what will be. To put it like the NIV translation does, God's grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. There, There are three things in there that need to be visible in the lives of every follower of Jesus. Our pursuit of holiness creates this life marked by these three things. Self-control, upright living, and godly behaviors. And when we take them together, these three things capture a full range of spiritual life. You know, come to think of it, I really shouldn't be so concerned that people don't really celebrate the 12 days of Christmas anymore. We should be celebrating the lives of Christmas. Our entire lives should be about Christmas. Day after day, it should be about Christmas. That's what we should be celebrating. Jesus, every single day, 365 days per year, we should be embracing the lives that Christ showed us how to live so that we will be ready for His return. Whether that return is later today, or if it's a lifetime from now, or more than that. Life is so much more than any single holiday even a holiday like Christmas. Now, wherever you are today, or whenever it is that you watch this, remember the gift that God has given you. And live with that gift firmly in your heart and in your mind. Wherever you go, you've got nothing to fear because God is already there. And He is pulling for you. So go with God. Grace and peace to you all today.